Welcome to the One in the Shiba podcast with Sujia and Ed. We're just two Asian Americans talking shit about shit. Mm. Hi, How Ed. was your week? It was great. <laughs> oh, my week was good. Um, we had my daughter's birthday party. Oh, yeah. And we went to Koreatown. And we had this whole, remember I told you last week, we had this whole thing planned out. We were going to go get corn dogs. We're going to sing karaoke. Then we we're going to go get dessert and just do all the Korean things in Koreatown. No. Nope. None no. of it. We only did the karaoke. The second we got, so we, we started a little bit later than we were supposed to. So I was like, well, let's just go and have some snacks and then we'll go have dinner and we'll do the corn dogs after or whatever. And so we went to the karaoke place first. Duh. The girls had so much fun. They did not want to leave. We were there for three and a half hours. I listened to 11 and 12 year old girls just screaming Taylor Swift songs and Olivia Rodrigo songs at the top of their fucking lungs for three and a half hours. It was so much fun. Was the karaoke bar dead? Yeah, it was like 6.30 on a Saturday. Oh my so God, I, imagine, I didn't even know they opened that Well, early. they opened at six. Um, there were definitely people there, but it wasn't like packed. But you know, these are little girls. I can't keep them out till like, you know, midnight. No. So we were there for several hours and we just ate tteokbokki and mandu. And then we just had fries and chicken fingers. It was great. It was so much fun. My daughter had the best time. It's a good thing karaoke bars usually have pretty decent food. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a place called Blah Blah Karaoke in Koreatown. And they had like their free parking and like it was clean. Like the bathroom was super clean. It was really yeah. nice. I think it's a relatively new place. Yeah. Um, highly recommend it. Was not cheap. Was not cheap. I mean, three hours food. Yeah, that doesn't sound cheap. Was not cheap. I was like, we got the bill. I was like, we didn't even have one drop of alcohol. What That's the crazy. fuck? That's okay. I was going to take it out of her college fund. <laughs> you owe me, bitch. <laughs> this is my money now. <laughs> but it was great. It was really, really great. She had a wonderful time. How was your week? That's great. Um, it was good. It was good. Um, great. I just feel like I ate a lot. <laughs> oh. You know what I mean? On purpose? Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, actually. I don't know. Well, so Ron went to New York for a week. Oh, yeah. The weekend. Cause of, How was uh, that? Great. <laughs> Because of because uh, of a wedding, and then I don't know. I think I, and oh, you know what it was. The, remember a rice box that where we got yeah. the tennis shoe from. So yeah. they're closing today, like forever. Yeah, like today's Why? their last day. So I guess their lease is up. Oh no! And they decided not to renew it. That place was so good, though. It was so good. So the rumor is is that they're opening up a restaurant, a sit down restaurant oh. in Sherman Oaks next year. Great. Okay. But like we say. don't know it's going to be the same. And then like. Not to disgrace the valley, but Sherman Oaks is like so far away from everything. Whereas in like downtown was like really close to me. And by everything, I just mean me. me I was me, like, me, me, wait, me. it's not that far from where we are right <laughs> now, but definitely further from where you live. And let's be honest, everywhere in LA is far. Far. As everything should be 20 minutes, yeah. but everything is 40 to an hour away. Easily. If Easily. you're lucky. Yeah. Fuck I you love if there's an accident on the 405, you're not oh, getting there ever. No. I love when people come to visit and they're like, oh, we're going to go do this and it's do like, this. It's yeah. only like five miles and I'm like, yeah, I want to see the Hollywood sign. I want to go to Malibu. No. I want to go to see the Queen Mary. I'm like, this, yeah. are you going to be here And they think months? on the same day too oftentimes. They're like, let's just do this. Like, I make a day out of it. You're Mountain like, that's High. a week. I'm going to Magic Mountain and Disneyland. I'm like, um, 
Hi. No. Los Angeles is one of the biggest cities in the world. Yeah. You're not getting, and also, anything after two o'clock, we're not leaving the fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck and no way. When they built the roads in LA, it was like in <laughs> yeah. the 50s when cars went like 20 miles an hour. Yeah. They didn't know, they didn't understand where things were going to go. Nope. The driving system here makes no nope. sense. The Hollywood and freeway is the death trap. Horrible traffic. Oh my God, it's the worst. No, everything is an hour away. Everything's an hour. But either way, How do so, we they close. Oh, right. <laughs> so they close. So they close. They're closing. I think we're gonna go get it today for the last time. Oh, that's so. But I got it the other day to make a video to be like, oh, they're closing. Go get it. And then I watched that video the other day of that duck fried chicken fried. Uh, yeah, I commented on your video. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, thanks, Dick. Do you want to know something? Uh, that's like so close to my house. Do you want to know? Wait, something? where was it? Culver City. Yeah. No, it was even closer. Sawtell. Oh. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I go there a lot. I <laughs> yeah. go there a lot. <laughs> so you want to hear something funny? <laughs> Look at this face. It's going to get worse. Right as we were leaving, Ron was like, oh, did you call Susie? Like, we're going to do a thing. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. But I didn't even think of that. Yeah, thank you <laughs> so much. Then, thank you so much. You've taken up so many hours of my life and so can't even think to buy me a piece it, of fucking chicken. It's, it's just <laughs> me. Hey, I made you kimchi last week and gave you some. And it disappeared like that. Really? Oh my God, between my youngest daughter and my husband, I was like, Oh really? Thanks guys. Oh, It wasn't just you? Oh no. They ate that shit up. I, I ate it and I put it in the back of the fridge because I know if they see kimchi, it's gone. But like the big like, you know, kimchi from the Korean market or whatever, that lasts. So I was like, this is my special kimchi. You guys can't touch it. I came home, I was like, I saw the the lid from, I was like, who, where did this come? Who's it? Who put this out here? And my daughter was like, I just had some kimchi. What's the big deal? And then my husband was like, I had some too. I was like, you fuckers. Aww. This much was left. I was like, thanks. Wait, they didn't thanks. put the lid back on? I, they were still in the process oh, of they were consuming still eating it. it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they were still consuming it. I was like, um, that's cool. But <laughs> It's fine. So just know that it was enjoyed by all. Yay! That I almost cried. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I almost cried. My youngest, she was like, "This is some of the best kimchi I've ever had." Oh, I love her. I know she's cute. So it did not. It it was. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I didn't think to think of it because I saw it and mm. immediately it was like, "Oh my god, we have to go get this" because it was originally supposed to be there. I'm saying this like it's gonna make it better, but it's actually worse. They were originally supposed to close that day. Mm. It was supposed to be the last day. Oh. So I panicked. So then there was a chance I, I would never have <laughs> ever gotten to experience it in my whole life. But I convinced them to stay open till October 22nd. You did? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Luckily for me. Wait, what's it called? It's called, uh, so, it's a, so it's a pop-up, but it's from a restaurant that already exists. Mm -hmm. I think it's called, pronounced Tuk Tuk. Oh, oh. Tuk Tuk, Tuk Tuk. Tuk Tuk. Where is it again? It's in Salt, it's on Salt. I know, Salt but Tale. like, what is it, like what block? Like, what is it near? Like what other businesses? I'm very directionally challenged. It's like two blocks away from Sujita. Up the block, so more towards like Big Boy and. Uh, away from the, Olympic. Like opposite way of Olympic. Okay. Oh, past Mellow Mellow. Oh, so it's like the closer to Santa Monica. Yeah, it's like right on the edge of Sawtell. Oh, like for like right off the four hundred five. Then like pretty much. So it's oh, like well, that's on my way home. So maybe I'll go get it <laughs> by myself. <laughs> Without your family? Fuck them. They all make kimchi. <laughs> it is really expensive. I'm not gonna. 
Was it? Yeah, so it's like, it's called Tuk Tuk. So the restaurant next door is called Tuk Tuk. So mm-hmm. this one's like Tuk Tuk and Turntable, uh-huh. whatever Turntable okay. is. And it's a pop-up, and it was originally supposed, originally supposed to end on Sunday, but I think because it was so popular, it got extended to October 22nd. But mm. they have fried chicken and fried chicken sandwiches. I think the fried chicken sandwiches are better. Really? Yeah. But it's $15 fried chicken sandwich. For a sandwich? Yeah. Which is, which is doable for one person, but when you think about bringing a family of four, yeah. that's $60, and that's without sides. Wow. No fries. Actually, I don't think they have fries. No chips. They don't have chips, but they have, like, the they have like dirty rice. Oh, they have delicious. like okay. cheddar cornbread. So it's like Southern style. Yes. Mm. It's really good, but with like Thai flavors. Like the fried chicken is Thai flavors. Mm. It's crazy because it... It has so much spice and it hits you in the nose and it smells spicy, but it is not spicy. I see. It's, it's more, more like aromatically aromatic, spicy. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I want to go. It's starving. I personally think it's the best fried chicken sandwich in LA. I don't know. That's a bold claim. It's, I think it's is... better than Howlin' Ray's. Okay. I didn't, I didn't think Howlin' Ray's was that I great. Love yeah. Ray's. I hate Dave's. I don't think People that love is that Dave's. Either. I think it's gross. There's a place in Culver City. It is called Daybird. Jaybird. Daybird? Daybird? No. It's in like a little like with bang bang noodles? Yeah. That's Daybird. Is it Daybird? Mm-hmm. It's that, like dry fried chicken. It's so good. I haven't had it. Ron had it. You've had it? It's so fucking good. Oh my God. It's delicious. So maybe we do because the place is staying open now, thanks to you. Second. <laughs> thanks to me. <laughs> Oh, we should do like an L.A. chicken sandwich, chicken sandwich off. tour. <laughs> I love how you were inclusive and I was like. <laughs> I was like, no, we're just going to hype up everybody. And it does, everything doesn't have to be a fucking competition, you psycho. People were like, why do you rate food to the hundredth of a degree? And I'm like, so you know which one's better <laughs> than the other. You can't just take off a tenth of a point. 9.7, like this for one was instance, 9.6. For instance, at Tuk Tuk, I Tuk Tuk, I'm sorry for if I'm pronounced, I'm clearly, one of those is wrong, so I'm wrong, sorry. But um, the one I rated like a 9.73 and the other is like a 9.78. And I was like, if I didn't do the hundredth of a degree, they would both be 9.7s and you wouldn't know which one's better than the other because clearly I have- A problem? A problem. <laughs> I'm an elitist, I guess. I, I don't say, know. It's a little pretentious um, <laughs> to, to shave it down that much when you could just as easily say like one is 9.8 and the other is 9.7. You could just round up and down or 9.8 and 9.6. But I'm also a little OCD and I think it's kind of funny. So and it's like yes. a little mix of all. So And, and this is your life. You do me. what you like. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. It's okay. This is the whole package, okay? <laughs> take do it. Love it or leave don't it. Don't leave it. Fuckers. Take it. Please take it. <laughs> leave it. <laughs> Just kidding. Take it. I, I don't know. Um, I'm really excited about today's episode. I'm really excited I about today. I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. I just get such a good vibe off this person. And I just think that the the art and energy they're putting out into the world is just so positively impactful for yeah. so many reasons. I, I'm so thrilled. Yeah. A little intimidated, I'm not going to lie, because of 100%. how much they've accomplished. Yes. Yeah. Um, their accomplishments are incredible. Like the yes. things that I know that you, things that you wouldn't expect. And I, you, you, it's so interesting to go into something like this 
and kind of knowing like what my biases are on certain things. And then having done a little bit of research, discovering like, it's not what you thought it's, it, you'll, you'll see, you know, as the episode, you know, goes on, but they're incredible. I, I am so, I feel really like, I don't know, like imposter syndrome that they're so cool. And we're so like, <laughs> yeah, I do you know what you mean? They also give off this like confidence. Yeah. I feel like they just like, just exude. exude. That's yeah. the thank you word. I'm like, yeah. exude confidence. Yeah. And like from the little bit of interactions I've had with them prior to today, they're kind of the opposite of someone to be intimidated by. They're yeah. like very warm. They're yeah. very nice. And they're very inclusive, which is the opposite. You know what I yeah, mean? So for sure. Um, I think it just like says a lot about like outward appearances. Cause like sometimes people say that about me. Yeah. They're like, you're so confident. I'm like, Oh, if you knew how oh. anxious I was all the time. Yeah. That's or crazy. people say that I'm such a bitch and I'm like, correct. <laughs> that, that one you nailed. Yeah. However, <laughs> it's true. It's true. However, subscribe to our Patreon to watch the behind the scenes to see what I'm talking about. You know what? You brought it on yourself, buddy. You brought all this shit on yourself. No, but outward appearances there is can a big be butt. deceiving. There is a big butt. <laughs> But <laughs> as a joke, as a joke, <laughs> hilarious. I know that's why I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sweating. <laughs> but this episode's gonna be great. Thank you all for being here. And without further ado, yeah, let's get to it. All right, so today we have a very special guest for you. They are an artist extraordinaire, muralist, and designer, in, activist, inherently all the an activist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the ists you want, none of the ists you don't want. The best, <laughs> the best kind. The best of ists. <laughs> but today we have our special guest, Lauren YS. Yay! Hi. Thank you so much for yeah. joining us. I, whenever somebody agrees to be on our podcast, I'm like, oh, really? They do? Like, yeah. we're so, ugh, and they're so, <gasps> I feel so cool. Words. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> no, but really, thank you. Thank you so much. You're you're based out of LA. Yeah. Were, did, were you born and raised here? No, no. I'm from Denver, Colorado. Oh, but okay. I grew up part-time in Hawaii, in Oahu. Oh, okay. Oh, how long have you lived here then? I think it's probably like five years now. Oh, it's only yeah. been five? It may be longer. It's the longest I've ever been in one place since college. Um, but time is irrelevant to people like us. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. What even is time? Yeah. yeah. Until one day we have liver spots and wrinkles. You're like, like, oh, that's where the time went. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> um, but you and Ed know each other previously. Yeah. 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 A little bit through the art world. Yeah. Um, Lauren has done a took part in a group show with us during the pandemic, and uh, which was really honorable because Lauren had come up with this like amazing you know, stop anti-Asian hate or Asian hate campaign. Made this like graphic poster. Yeah, just a graphic that I, you know, when everything started up, I was like, I wanna, I I just have to put something together really fast. Yeah. And it kind of like blew up into this thing that um, I was offering it for uh, through Static Medium as a poster for like 26 bucks or whatever. And, and I wanted people to have access to them so they could take them to protests and put them up. And they kind of, yep. I was suddenly seeing photos of them in like China and like all over the world and stuff. Um, and then I donated all of the proceeds to like Stop API Hate or whatever. Yep. Um, that was sort of the beginning of my my sort of activist like trying to do more mutual aid and, and like using my platform to to actually help 
in the world. Um, but yeah, that group show you organized was really beautiful. And it was like the, one of the first things I'd done where I was like this, we're all Asian. Like yeah. that, that never Same. happened before. Same. Yeah. And that feeling, it was like really, really cool. And so um, that's something I'm really grateful for. Yeah. Same. It was really, it was amazing, but it was also sad because I was like, I, we could have been thing. doing this the whole time. And I didn't realize that we were missing this until there was a need for it, you know? Sometimes the catalyst isn't what you want, but sometimes, you know, it can, the way it brings and galvanizes people is always maybe, and maybe that much more powerful for that reason, you know? And unfortunate as it was, I think it did spur a lot for our community. I really did. I mean, people, I, I would have never probably met Ed, you know, had it not been for, you know, those things. And I'm not saying that I'm, happy that those things happen but obviously like i said sometimes the the journey is is but just I the way feel the like a is. revolution needed to happen you know what i right. mean so like sometimes you do unfortunately need a catalyst to, to right. make that happen and obviously we want to talk about all the art and all that stuff too but i like to know the person behind the art um yeah. a little bit so tell us a little <laughs> bit about like your your younger life like where you grew up and you know how you grew up yeah um it's funny i've been thinking about this a lot because i'm trying to write a movie right now that's Ooh. sort of a like spirited away type thing but it's based off of my life in a way so I'm like writing through all I'm like writing through all like how I realized I was queer and all this oh stuff oh my god let it rip <laughs> yeah. I want to hear all of it <laughs> amazing um yeah but I grew up in Denver Colorado most of the time with a family a single mom who's amazing and um like you know I, I was reflecting and writing and realizing I didn't realize I was Asian until like way later like I used mm. to play this game with a, a friend of mine at playground or it was like the cool game and we were pretending to be like a boyfriend and a girlfriend or whatever. And I was always like, I have long blonde wavy hair and like blue <laughs> eyes. Like I knew that's what I was gonna look like when I grew up. Yeah. Like everybody wanted to look right. like Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. As I age, this is what I'm going to Obviously. Because <laughs> yeah, that's all you see. Yeah. yeah, right. totally. And no part of me was like, there's no reason I shouldn't look like that. Right, right. right. <laughs> and I don't know when I realized I wasn't full white, um, but I'm glad I did. Well, growing yeah. up in Denver, I'm guessing there was, I don't know, was there a ton of diversity as you were growing up? I know up? it's really diverse now. now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it was, there's a large Latino population mm -hmm. there. And I remember my friend group being like pretty diverse, but I didn't, I wasn't aware of it yeah. growing up. And like, you know, my whole life, most of my friends have been white, I think, until like the past couple of years. But it's still, you know, like we're always the minority. Um, I can remember having like one or two close Asian friends as a kid. So, and we just didn't know yeah. that we were Asian. And when and how did the realization happen for you? I'm not sure. It's like, that's, that's like a weird thing that happens through your adolescence, I suppose, when you're like, we're, we're doing like Lunar New Year stuff and right, right, right. And I, as a third generation person, um, I didn't like, I don't, I can't claim that I, ha I had, I felt like super weird or ostracized. Like I grew up speaking English. Yeah. In fact, I really wish that my grandparents had taught my mom Chinese and then I could have learned it. Like I speak Spanish, mm, yeah. um, which is great. Are you full yeah. Chinese? I'm half Chinese. Okay. Yeah. Um, grandparents came from like escape from war from Germany and China on both oh. sides. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a common thing of like third gen people to be the ones who are like, I think it's really cool to be Chinese now. Yeah. But because I was so culturally white growing up, I have to like overcompensate in that uh -huh. realm. Right. Where like my friends who are second gen are like, we're just, you know, we're like, we're actually really Chinese. Right. <laughs> so we're I, trying to balance that out. Now we kind of come together, my friends and I, and like we balance each other out with our appreciation of culture in different ways. Like right. I, yes. I know a ton about Chinese mythology because I can't speak Chinese. And I teach them, they're like, why do you know that? Why do you? Right have a cue, what is a cue? Like the braid in my hair. Uh -huh. Then I'm like, how do you pronounce this word in Chinese? Or can right. you teach me how to say great grandma? 
It's um, beautiful. Yeah, it's really that's fun. So cool. Community is so important because of that. Yeah. No, and I think that's actually a really interesting point that you made because so my parents are Korean immigrants. My sisters and I grew up Korean American and then we all have, you know, young children, you know, from like 17, 18 and younger, the youngest being, I think, eight. And them as, and they're all half mixed race, Korean yeah. and not Korean. And <laughs> they're all so into being Korean. Yeah. They're oh all God. so into it. They're like, they like texted. So my niece and nephew live in like St. Louis and my other niece and nieces live next, like three houses down, but they're all texting each other. Like, all right, I learned this word on Duolingo. Did you, are you, did you pass like the fourth page of Duolingo? Cause we're, and they're all like so immersed and they love it so much, which is such a different experience than what I had. And I'm like, man, I'm going to try to not cry while you guys are doing your Duolingo, <laughs> but I can't promise that. And it's just like so prideful for me to watch it happen. And it's, I don't know. I think that's, that's really interesting that it that kind of takes that. I don't. I wonder what the, what it is. Like, what's the the difference? I mean, obviously, there's a difference between the world is a little different. The world is different. A little different. Yeah, it's sort of like just the turning of the tides. I think yeah. generationally, like what's happening, and I mean, now it's it's so cool to to sort of grasp your roots and heritage yes. because we're all starting to be really mixed and really homogenized. Um, does your you said your mom does not speak Chinese? No. So then she speaks perfect American English. I think yeah. that might have a lot to do with it too. Yeah. I think a lot of people in my generation, second generations have to deal with a lot of stuff that their parents have to do deal with. Yeah. And not just not just, you know, the language barrier, but like having but to to help parent them through like legal papers and like I have to call the gas company. I have to do all you know, they so there's these things don't necessarily didn't affect you in it the same way. Come so with then the baggage, just the stigma totally. of it, right? There was no baggage, so I think that's why you can be like, "Well, that's what a wonderful way to I can embrace that now." I think that's the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Aww. I mean, it is a privilege too to be, you know, not have to cope with like the difficulties of feeling othered or strange sure. growing up. But that's also part of why I wanted to shift my work towards like educating and edifying through Chinese culture because I'm like, I'm, you know, my grandparents came here and had to suffer through yeah. like moving through America as Chinese people, like right. I might as well like share and proliferate my culture in, in with like in an honorable way so rather than just being like, it's cool to be Chinese. I'm, you know, right. I'm Asian and I'm cool. Like right. do something right. Right. honorable. Right. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, that's so great. I love it. Yeah. What you really said re really resonates like the whole like spending Lunar New Year. And I'm actually wondering when I also realized I was Asian. And yeah. I feel like mine coincided with like anti-Asian hate. You know what I mean? Like the the C slur or being called that was the stuff like because I used to get angry when people pulled me out of my everyday to make me feel like I was Asian. Yeah. It's like, whoa, why are you being right. not that being Asian is bad, but it's like, hey, I'm just going about my life. And someone's like, you're Asian. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Correct. You know Correct. what I mean? So it's like, okay. <laughs> and like, why? Yeah. So it's like, I feel like it was like something like that that made me realize like, oh, I'm I'm different than my white friends or, you know, whatever, so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it requires, unfortunately, sometimes something like that to, to like, not just ex acknowledge it, but to have pride in it. Yeah. Um, Like, I, you know, growing up, I was really into Japanese culture, like, literally everybody, and I thought it was the coolest thing. I didn't really care about anything Chinese. Because that was, like, the only Asian representation we had was, like, the Sailor Moon on TV. Everyone loves it. Right, exactly. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was drawing Japanese stuff for years, you yep. know, and then all, uh, and then I like Chinese stuff always seemed kind of like lame comparatively. Mm -hmm. But then after all of this happened, I really dug into Chinese culture and history and literature and like found that there's literally a, a protector of the queers in the Chinese 
imagination oh, called Tuer Shen. So he's a rabbit god. And he's oh, like, he's cool. real. And I was like, this is insane. That's fucking Chinese awesome. Chinese people have a gay god. <gasps> and not Japanese? just that, but like a protector of, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <gasps> like yeah. a positive. That's totally yeah, like awesome. So I'm obsessed. That. It's so cool. And then all of a sudden it's like, I like this. And this is actually something I can, I can paint about without right. feeling like. And feel some like, deep connection and relationship to. And like, yeah, that's awesome. I would you know, have never known that. I yeah. always kind of pegged you to be an activist, but I guess now that you say it that way, I am realizing that you were always very representation forward, but I guess your message became more clear during the pandemic, I guess, right? That's. Yeah, I think so. I, I hesitate. I'm always saying like, I wasn't an activist. I didn't give a shit about politics or anything as a kid. I just wanted to like paint fun stuff. But then I look back and I'm like, oh, I've always been painting about like feminism yeah. and stuff like that. But never. It always came across that way to me. Good, I'm glad. Yeah. I had no idea really. Yeah. But then I think like, I really realized that I could make a small change doing this stuff. And then I liked, I mean, it's hard. I don't know if I claim activist. Cause it's so, it's such a burden, I but think, I know what you mean, but I feel like it's inherent. I, th I feel like with some of us, it's inherently who you are when you really are an activist down to heart. It's yeah. like, you just can't live with the status quo. Like, you know, right. there has to be change and, and it's impossible to live your life. And I don't think you can not call yourself an activist if you're going to impart those things into your artwork and really kind of convey those ideas into society. I think that is one of the truest forms of activism. And I think maybe one of the best forms of activism because a lot of people are very resistant to those things, but sometimes those ideas seep in without them even acknowledging or understanding that it's happening. And sometimes those things can definitely, you know, reinforce positive change. And I think that's a really beautiful, fortunate, lucky for us way for you to do those, those things. I feel really grateful. Yeah, yeah. I think I feel grateful to now know your art because well, <laughs> I mean, let's just dive right fucking into it. The, the one that the piece that you did for Maui, the Captain Cook. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So badass. <laughs> My jaw hit the floor. I was like, oh, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I yeah, but that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking it. about. Like, it's inherently Holy activism. Shit. Yeah. True. Because, like, you, you're just like, this things need to change. And you're like, well, I'm going to use my platform to. Well, it was like, awareness. let's help Maui, but first, <laughs> let's really help Maui. I know, like, right? But that oh, is the way to help Maui. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's like, this is how it should have been helped a long time ago, but let's just start here. Yeah. And even to up. this day, that fire is because of colonialism. I know. And yes. all of, you know what I mean? So like, it's not only just like badass, but like so badass because it's so truthful at the end of the day. Right. You know what I mean? You're yeah. gonna flash the photo here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the artwork, I was like, yeah, well, I'm uh, at a place that like that actually did, wasn't planned in any way. Like uh -huh. I drew that because I knew always knew that Valentine's Day was the death, the day that they actually murdered Captain yeah. Cook. And I hate Valentine's Day, and so I just felt like it last to just draw it to post it because I thought it was funny. Uh -huh. And then a year later, like, and then I got tons of feedback. People were like, "Why would you like share images of murder? This is horrible. This is so anti you." And I'm like, "It's just happened. It happened." Yeah, like I use reference that it's an etching from yeah. the 1800s. You go into museums. There are. <laughs> thousands yeah, of my paintings favorite. of people dying. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just historical. I mean, sorry, look at Catholicism. I mean yeah. like the artwork, like the, hello? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the central really... piece is Jesus on a cross. I so what are we can't about? stand that when people are like, um, I want you to do things that make me feel the way I want you to make me feel. It's like, yeah, yeah that's not what I'm fucking here for. But there's all, I, I love posts like that though. Cause if I get like creeps coming at like trolls and like yeah. crowd boys, then I know I did something right. That's <laughs> exactly what I say. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, all that noise that's happening over here. It's because I've 
you know, done something. Yeah, it yeah. triggers my anxiety, but it does make me feel like I did something right. I yeah. know what you mean. Oh, yeah. Totally. When I yeah. get a death threat from a proud boy, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Love you back. <laughs> you want me dead? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. I'm sorry your mother you're doesn't just, love you. So I hope you get that acceptance right someday. Yeah. I know. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love you. Here, watch another video. Yeah. <laughs> this might make you feel better. Yeah. You know, um, one of the first times before I ever met you was like in Miami and Art Basel, I think like 2018 or 19. And I forget what the bar was. Oh god. But I went out to a bar and all of a sudden the crowd just like opens up and this person is walking down. I don't even know how to really describe the outfit, but it's a little BDSM-y. And Lauren is walking a guy <laughs> on a leash. As you should. And I was, As I remember just immediately being like, Wait, where are pictures that of is that? the most badass, <laughs> most confident thing I've ever seen. I was like, I'm terrified. And I was like, I am so like in <laughs> awe of what is happening. And then I was like, I have to know who that person is. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's so funny. I li I literally have met people like random people in the world who like who are like I think I saw you at a party dragging a guy on a on like a chain. <laughs> yeah, that, you? that I'm, was like, yeah, one of <laughs> Funny you should say that. It <laughs> was <laughs> amazing. I'm so glad you witnessed that. What was yeah. it for? It was for Art Basel, which is uh, uh, but I think it was just like an Art Basel party at a random bar. Yes. And like when you're there, all the artists and people, they're like, we're going here. So like everyone ends up in similar places, you know? God, I was like, I have to ask, was it just like, oh, this is how my date and I just enter a room? Or was this like part of it the was. art? It's just, oh, okay. Yeah. It's just, just how we roll. Yep. <laughs> That's literally it. <laughs> yeah. Talk to my husband. That's what I mean when I say yeah, that. Right. Like sometimes Listen, you just like inherit. I just somebody who knows a lot of this stuff, and they said <laughs> I came across something I didn't know existed, and I think we should try it. Button. Yeah, <laughs> go to like parent teacher night. Incredible. <laughs> I'm here it. to say that my kid is awesome, and you guys suck. It's yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just expressing myself. Okay. <laughs> do it. I'm so happy you went um, I think something that I think is really also interesting is the the cross section for, you know, the queer community and the Asian community. And I think that's something that's so taboo or has been taboo for such a long time. Um, so for you being a queer Asian artist, I don't know, like, how do those intersections really like play in your life? I mean, they have to, they have to, right? Yeah. Um, this is a question I've been asking myself for a couple of years now. And it's really interesting because like the smaller you create these subsections, the more you're like, I feel othered or like alone. Yeah. But then I, you know, during pride, I ended up, uh, supporting, uh, Polar Tropica, who was a partner of mine. Um, she was performing at pride and like, it was a party that was literally like a queer Asian party. And I got up there and I was like, Oh my God, I've never seen so many of us in one place. And then you're like, oh yeah, of course, in LA, right? There's right, organizations right. where like we can band together, and um, I, it's it's really beautiful, and and of course within that subsection, there's like different striations, and like there's club kids and whatever, and I'm like, where do I, where are the goth queer Asian kids? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, they're there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I feel like it's such an untapped thing that I I'm a lot of my job and my process is trying to figure out where those intersections are, which is like yeah. you know doing the research about like Guanyin, who's like the gender fluid like um, you know goddess of mercy or whatever, or like Tuer Shen um, in my work a lot. And then it 
it's cool like when you have so much energy in the work that you build like people come out of the woodworks um and I meet more queer Asian people because I make queer Asian work mm-hmm. and I have t- because I run a platform called um, the Leverette spirit which also refers to Tour Shen on Instagram where it's literally I curate um queer artists of color and I started that during the pandemic and so I have like eyes on all these like artists that I whose work I love in other cities and stuff and I can meet up with them and try to talk to them and stuff and then my partner Mo who's a tattooer is half Chinese or half Japanese and queer and like we've been together for on and off for like 10 years now and so like having these deep beautiful relationships with people who also reflect these identities is something that is like so important to me but we are still really there's more of us than you think. Yeah, of I'm course, learning. of course. And that yeah. must feel comforting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, in, in just the work that Ed and I do, we come across a lot of different types of people. And I think in general, or at least the interactions that I have most are with young Asian kids who really are just trying to figure out who they are and how they express that and how that kind of comes and plays into their lives in the world. And I, I, I want to just like mother them all. And I'm like, okay, well, let's figure out, let's talk to like, who, who do you feel like you are? You know what I mean? And so I think it's really important. I think for, first and foremost is to just see people. Just, totally. just, and, and we talk about representation so much, yeah. but just seeing somebody, they don't have to be the same, but just be like, oh, you know, I kind of identify that feels, that feels familiar or that feels like something that I can really relate to. It's, it goes so much further than I really ever knew. Totally. I never, I never really grasped that until it started happening in this way for me on the other side of things. Cause yes. I think I had just been grasping for just somebody, something out there to, you know, I'm, I'm much older than dirt. <laughs> I, feel, I feel that way too. Yeah. You know, so, so growing up for me, it, there was, you know, almost little to no representation that I didn't even think that I needed it. Cause I just, it just wasn't there. It wasn't available. It wasn't something that I even registered for me. And had I had that, I don't know how I would have seen myself or how I would have lived in the world the, the way that and it would have been different. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important. It's so hard when you're inside yourself to see that, for but sure. it's like, you're totally right. Like the first time I saw everything everywhere all at once, I was like, I've literally never seen a story that centers a queer Asian Chinese mm-hmm. femme person. Mm-hmm. This is insane. And that's part of like why I'm so like gay, <laughs> you know, in my work too. It's because it's like, I can't see these people, but I know there's younger people who are yeah. seeing me or they're like, it's okay yes. to be like that. Right. Um, or, or this person represents or or didn't tapped into something I didn't even know was in there. Yeah. And now that I've seen it, I feel so much safer trying to understand it. And I think that is so powerful. And I think right now for me, again, like I, I, in this season of life, all of everything that I do now feels like I'm just doing it for, and maybe there's just like some healing for me, like younger me and younger us who all actually exist in the world. And like, just to kind of just give them a step up into like who they are and understanding who they are and that they don't have to be one way. And I think when I, honestly, when I look at a person like you and I'm like, God, I just, (laughs) I wish I had, I had, I had I done it or what if I, what would I, you know, if I just was brave enough or if I'd seen somebody that looked like that and like me, like what, how could that have changed my life? You know? And I, so I have such a fond appreciation for, for what you do and for how 
unabashedly and how with, you know, reckless abandon, you just are like, I'm this <laughs> deal with it. This is everything that I am. And I, I find that so powerful. I really, really do. Well, I think you. it's really incredible. Yeah. That's what I mean by like, sometimes activism is just like inherent because yeah. it's like, sometimes just you, just, you look is activism. Yeah. Even that's what I mean. Like dress is activism. It being really authentically is. yourself and allowing other people to see what is okay. Or like whatever normal is or whatever, yes. you know what I mean? So it's just like, Especially coming from like the perspective of like the Asian diaspora, right? So many of us are programmed to be conservative mm -hmm. and studious and, you know, all those things. And like, how did you find the, I don't know, courage to just say like, yeah, I'm not doing any of that. I'm doing this. Yeah. Well, that's a really good question. Um, I was an M, you know, like I, it was kind of like this, like hold the line in between my mom. I started getting tattoos or like hang, you know going to parties and stuff. And my mom was like, are you going to fall in with the bad crowd? Like she's always, she, my mom is incredible. Like yeah. she like has always supported me no matter what I was doing. Um, but I think she worried that if I started going to this route, I would end up with like the bad kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, I was always really studious, got good grades. Like I went to Stanford and I, <laughs> so I'm not like, did not know that. I know that either, <laughs> now I feel really inadequate. Yeah. I don't sound like an asshole, but like, I don't tell people in the art scene because it doesn't help. You yeah. Know? It doesn't yeah, help, yeah, yeah. Um, weirdly enough. But like, I went, you know, I, I double majored in English and art and wanted to do graphic novels and stuff. And so it's not like, I'd, I never decided to be a street artist or really planned to. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I always knew, like, it isn't okay to like go off and do drugs and, and like get yeah. tattoos and like squander your life. Like, you do need, I think you should get, get good grades right. and like go to school and get really smart. Um, but it doesn't mean that you have to be like prudish. Right. Um, and so my mom's thing, as I've, you know, years ago, she was like, please stop with the tattoos. <laughs> You're like, no. And I start twitching and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I get more makes tattoos. Me want to get another <laughs> yes, one. Mommy, I, yeah. I promise. <laughs> and she's so sweet. She always like, she used it as an opportunity to get to know me better. And I'm so grateful. Um, but I think that's part of why I like, you know, even though I'm like, it's it's okay for me to start looking like this and live like this and look look crazy, but I need to be doing work that has esteem and honor yeah. and is edu educating people. I do tons of research and stuff. And so I think just maintaining the like integrity of my past as, as, a, as an educated person while looking like this is what I want uh, right. all around. Well, and that's, that's stigma breaking in and of itself, yeah. right? Both in both directions, mm -hmm. right? You can look like an artist and you can look the way that you look and still have this background in higher education. You can also be this highly educated person and conversely, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that really, I think breaks barriers on both ends of that spectrum. Yeah. I hope so. Fucking rad, man. <laughs> yeah. fucking so rad. I've, I've seen you paint before a couple of times. The first time was actually at a mural festival, which I don't like to name because the founders um, were racist towards me, but Ew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. But I met you there and I don't know if you remember this, but you were getting your paint ready in the warehouse and I was supposed to, I was there to film and like, I'm like very awkward, not diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I'm like very neurodivergent. And like, I just started awesome. filming, especially because like the first time I saw you was what, you know, what I mentioned earlier. Oh, so I remember you were just like, Hey, you're very nice for someone who didn't even introduce themselves before they started filming you. And you were just like, Hey, Good. just don't love my face. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't even introduce myself. But then I watched you paint and it is very stigma breaking because like when Lauren paints, they are very focused and it's very businessy. In fact, I remember that first day I was like standing there be like, um, they're about to serve lunch. Do you want anything? And you were like, just in your zone. I was like, fuck. I was like, 
hey, sorry to interrupt. I was like, what do you want for lunch? But it was just like very awe-inspiring to watch you work, partially because you paint so fast. Like so fast, especially like with the intricacies that you do with like all the transparency and stuff. It's just like wild. Thank you. It's really wild. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry I didn't answer. I never answered. I'm not eating lunch right now. Yeah. I'm busy. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, don't worry about it. In fact, I don't know if you remember, but I just like got you something and I just left here. I was like, hey, I got you lunch. I hope you eat meat. Yeah. I was like, Aww, okay. It's so you. nice. It's very nice. It is really nice. <laughs> like, thank you. It's so cute. Yeah, I am, I am like hyper. Yeah, I have hyper fixation when it comes to painting. Same. Yeah, yeah, totally. And in a in a way that I completely shut out everything in the outside world when I have my headphones on and stuff. And so I, it's a problem when people are like, "You like, there's a car coming," or like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, for your safety, yeah." You know, the, hey, it's gonna hail, and I'm like, "Nah, <laughs> <laughs> la la la." <laughs> but the one question I wanted to ask you was like, I know a lot of artists, especially muralists, have a hard time finding clients who don't want the name of the city or a skyline or both as their murals. And for someone who paints such like unique things, do you find it hard to get people to let you paint what you want versus what they want? Uh, This is such an interesting question. And so many of us struggle with it. Um, I feel really lucky that I spent like seven years in between just really focused on honing my style um, where I wasn't worried about that. And I think those years were an incubator for me to really develop something that I like without worrying about industry in a way where now I'm known for that thing Yes. to a point where if people really want it, if they want it, they really want it. Yes. Um, and it's worth something where if, like, I think it's maybe it's because it is so edgy that it becomes this thing where it's like a commodity that you, and like no one else is doing that necessarily. So yeah. if they want that, they want it. And then if people don't want it, they really don't like, there's lots of, Festivals and spaces, I'm sure that just can't, or they might love my work, but they're like, it doesn't work on a community. That happens to me a lot. But I also like, like, I've heard that before, and I love working with curators um, to find something that works for a space. I'm like, I'm an, I'm a public artist, you know. Um, I'm never gonna be anal about something and be like, no, this is what I want to paint lesbians. Like, no, 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 (laughs) you know. Like, if they're like, this community would rather see something like this. I'm like, yeah, let's work with each other to make sure it's the right thing for you. Like, I'm gonna leave. I want this to be something you can enjoy or whatever. Um, but it is tough sometimes. Like I do have to tone stuff down a lot of the times, but I, I'm so lucky that I have people who will let me do whatever I want a lot of the time. And I hope I hope that continues too, because a lot of the reason I I get around is because I'm representing queer people yes. and not a lot of people are. No. Um, and so I love- Especially in the Asian space. Yeah, yes. exactly. And I, I think like, I don't want to be like, pigeonholed however this is what i love making and i think it's really cool that people want to do education within their spaces like through my work that's like what i'm here for um yeah yeah because sometimes i think even with the imagery even when your artwork isn't quote-unquote provocative or whatever i feel like sometimes just the imagery your style makes it very standouty which sometimes i think associate that with like whoa that's different and different is provocative for me you know but yeah i just Every time people are like, I have such a hard time, I'm like, Lauren's out here doing their thing. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not easy. It's not, yeah. It's not easy. Imagine. I think there's, I think what I would say to any kind of like aspiring artist is that you, it's more important that you develop your own style and voice because you don't want to get stuck doing stuff that you don't love. 
And then also if you don't push it to somewhere where it's something like you like super unique, then there's a lot of people making really similar stuff and you're going to mm -hmm. be fighting for wall space. Yeah. Um, and the most important thing, if you're a real artist is to be making stuff that comes from your soul yeah. and they'll, people can feel that and they'll yes. find a space for you. Um, what was your hard. most recent mural? Which one was it? I, Last I one I painted was in Long Beach, actually. Oh, okay. Um, I did an homage to Jobu Tupaki, who is the the like oh, character. Oh, yes, from Everything <laughs> yeah. Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, because I really wanted I to saw do that, that one. They did that. You did that one in Long Beach. I'm yeah. gonna go see it. I saw it. I went yeah. on your Instagram and I was like, oh my gee, that's it's amazing. So it's <laughs> such a good one. It's yeah. great. Well, do you find that like the people who like covet and you know request your work and artwork tend to be in more Asian like concentrated areas or have you painted outside? You know what I'm saying? Like Long Beach has a very large Asian community and everything everywhere all at once was a big movie, you know, very recently. So that makes a lot of sense. But like, could you go to like, I don't know, Boise and paint something similarly and feel like you'd get that same kind of reception, you know? I think it's a case by case thing. And it's like, it's ironic because I was actually supposed to paint a whole library for Long Beach. Mm. Mark Twain Library and I was planning mm. the whole thing and it got it got approved and then at the last moment one woman came in and was like I don't like this it's too Chinese that's what I'm getting at because that's the neighborhood exactly is Indonesian or something uh, ah. or something like that and I was like whoa that's one I've never heard before yeah and so it actually went the opposite way for oh. that one and I ended up on a different and I they I painted on a queer coffee shop which was great but I was like whoa yeah okay Asians <laughs> versus Asians yeah, that's crazy. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't even think about that aspect of it me either yeah <laughs> me, either. me too and you learn to just be like all right it's your loss whatever wow. it's also on Mark Twain library which is not Asian at all at so all yeah yeah right yeah. so like something else would have just been great for all of us but oh yeah okay you Sure. Wow. But like, but the, I'm painting in Cincinnati next year, mm -hmm. you know, and I think a lot of the reason they want me there is because so I can represent queer Asian identities. And mm -hmm. so if how good the mural program, it really depends who's in the organization. Yeah. And, and probably even just want. like what part of that city, I think probably has so much to do with it as well. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. If, if, is that for Blink? Yeah. Yeah. They seem to be pretty progressive when it comes to awesome. the stuff that they do. Sorry for yeah. who? It's uh this mural festival in Cincinnati. It's called oh, Blink. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I also um we also talked a little bit about your sobriety. You're relatively recently sober. Yeah. <laughs> and when I talk to artists who are also sober, who were artists before they became sober, I wonder, you know, because again, there's this romanticization of artists and you know how they their process goes and a lot of that can be fueled with <laughs> right <laughs> drugs and alcohol and all that stuff right yeah, yeah, yeah. and Get so i wonder right yeah. or like a lot of people say like I, I i mean i a lot of musician friends and i have they drink a fifth of whiskey and then they can write their music and i wonder like is it like a tap like if you close that tap does it close the other taps too like has that process how has that affected your art um it's mostly, it's just, it's been hard, mostly just changing your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and I never used drugs or alcohol to to make work. Like I was, I was a straight edge kid, like mm -hmm. through high school and stuff. And like the psychedelic stuff in my work never came, like came from psychedelics or whatever. I just like that stuff. Um, so I don't think that I ever relied upon it. I just got chemically addicted to something like lots of like thousands and millions of people do. Um, however, it is hard when you're used to like, I would just like sort of drink in my studio while I was painting to make time go faster, like to make my brain shut up because I'm crazy, you know? And then you start realizing that you depend on that state of mind to be loose or whatever. And so it's been hard cutting that out. The hardest part is to be like so present with your own brain. It's like yep. 
horrific. It's, <laughs> it's horrific. But slowly over time, and like I've been in, you know, I've been trying to get sober for like three years now. And um, over that time, you just learn so much more about the mentality of an addict and it becomes more normal and it becomes easier to like replace that thing with mindfulness or meditation mm-hmm. or like all these woo woo things yeah, yeah. that you have to do or yeah. you yeah. die. No, every day, every morning I come out, my husband is off in yeah. the backyard meditating. I'm like, amazing. I'll see him. In Gangster. 20 more minutes. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it, you have to become very intentional and regimented in order to be successful in sobriety is what I've learned just on the periphery of it. Yeah. Because there are things that he has to do. Yeah. There are things that he has to do in order for this to work. And I, you know, I have to be as supportive as a wife as I can be while also being like, okay, but I do need you to devote a little time to this as well. <laughs> so the dog shit is going to pick itself up. So yeah. after you meditate, go do that. You know, so. Sovereign man, pick up the dog shit. <laughs> right, exactly. You're responsible now. Right. So that's, yeah, right. Exactly. That's what you did this for, right? Yeah. But for us. That includes the dogs. Yeah. I think a lot of times, I know for me, the little bit of substance abuse problems I had was trying to quell the uncomfortableness yeah. in something. So when you stop doing that, that uncomfortableness is not only present, but it becomes louder. Way louder. Yeah, and it's that, trying to learn to process that, be comfortable with it and live with that. I think that's the really hard part. And that's why like, I think a lot of people don't understand, for especially if that is your state, why people say that like sobriety is just like a lifetime thing because like that uncomfortableness i'm starting to realize like i don't think ever goes away no no it's just like the the status quo it's like the human condition yeah. mm-hmm. and like the everyone's gonna have to cope with it or you drink yourself to death right? yeah and right. i finally got to a point where i was like this actually will kill me if i keep going this way there's no way for me to do it like in moderation and so i have to choose this but the cool thing about it like sober people are some of the most like superhuman people i know like i've been to i've been to like bdsm clubs sober of like flogged people and like you know and, and that people <laughs> like are you like do. you know yeah. that took me a second for the worst to register and i was like, like she said oh, that's right. they said flogged. oh wait yeah 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 because if when i first like really got, gave a run for it i was like i'm just gonna do the craziest stuff sober just because it like that's how i am i'm like deep end yeah like let's just dive do in it. so i know i can do it and it was like that's easier than just doing the small stuff for me. So then you know that you can like hold your own in those spaces. And it wasn't easy, but knowing I can do it now, it's like people are like, you're sober right now. And you're like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to remember this. You might not. (laughs) (laughs) Your flogging is burned in my memory forever. (laughs) Right. And then I can go make paintings because I have mental images. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm able to remember things and process them and then turn them into creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you kind of have to, like, replace that with. But it's not easy. It's literally the hardest yeah. thing I've ever done. It's not. Because, like, yeah. for me, like, I used to drink a lot because of just horrible social anxiety. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I would it's drink. Terrifying. It would make it go away. That uncomfortableness of being me yeah. would go away. I would become whoever it is I wanted to be, you know? And then now it's like, now I'm like, oh, I have to go out in public. As I'm going to smoke a bunch of weed. No, wait. <laughs> That's also stuff. Yeah. I'm going to just smoke a little bit of weed and then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Progress. <laughs> yeah. Baby steps. Yeah. It's hard. We're all losing our shit right now. The world is on fire. Like, right. of course, people are using it and stuff. But if you, like, it, it is a progressive thing. It will kill you over time if you're, if you're like me. So, yes. yeah. I'd rather be just, like, 
infinitely uncomfortable than dead. <laughs> yeah. We would, even though it's pretty selfish, we would also, you, you be here. Yes. <laughs> like, we like, also want yeah, that. Yeah, as we've discussed, like, <laughs> the stuff you do is very needed, you know? Like, you. even for Susie, who's like, I grew up in L.A., and, like, I felt, you know, like, alone in my Asian experience. It's like, that's a very common I think that like almost everyone goes through that. I've they never don't talked feel to understood a person or... of color or from any marginalized community that hasn't had that. Like, I feel like I'm alone. Yeah. I feel like there's nobody like me or I feel like this experience is solely mine. And I just have to like, you know, either rail against it or deal with it in whatever positive or negative, you know what I mean? Like there's just no way to understand or know how to navigate it. Cause you just feel so isolated. It yeah. feels so isolating. And I feel like that that's, that's a horrible way to feel, particularly if you're a child or a young person who's still trying to understand who they are. And I think that's why I, I don't know, I find such value in conversations like this because they need to hear it. They need to hear it. We're out here. We're yeah. out here. Listen, learn from the things that we've learned and let us learn from you too. Yeah. You know, and I, I've learned so much from my Gen Alpha children, Lord of mercy, they scare the shit. But even just like watching <laughs> your alpha. artwork and stuff, Hurry. it's like very <laughs> obvious, you know? And it's like, even though like, I may not belong to all the communities that you represent, I see that confidence, I see that power, and it like, it empowers me too. You know, at least the Asian side, I'm like, wow, yeah, we're 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 doing shit now. No, like, for fuck sure. yeah, you know what awesome. I mean? Like, There's a painting of yours that I saw, it's of a young girl sitting on a dragon. Um, and I saw that and it really tapped into something so deep within me. Like little me was like, oh, I get it. I get it. It's her as this young modern girl sitting on the shoulders of her ancestry and her history and where she came from. And I was like, that is so fucking beautiful. Yeah, right. Like, I really understand that. I feel that it resonates look so at deeply me. with me. Yeah, right. I love the line. <laughs> I love the line. Like oh, don't let us start singing because we will. <laughs> but no, yeah. but like I get that, and like even like having seen that now as an adult, and knowing that that visual is out there for other people to see, other young people to see, and be like, I understand what that means. It means that like I sit atop the shoulders of all my people. I sit atop the shoulders, and I stand proudly as who I am because of them. And it's like that's so fucking moving. That's so beautiful. Like I'm so grateful to have seen that. Where is it? I I want to, I want to own it. <laughs> I, want, I want at least own a photo of it. Like it's so beautiful. Like it was so such a moving photo to me. Oh, it really you. was. I, see, I was either gonna cry or sing. It's, it's one or the other. I'm Korean. That's what we do. <laughs> it's we get one or the other. Sometimes you get both. I love that. No, but it's. I think it's such a valuable. It's such a valuable thing that you do. It's really amazing. Thank you. What's, what's your favorite piece so far? Or even like, even if it was the process that you loved? Oh, um, one of my favorite pieces that I did was called The Witch Doctor that I did at the Bishop Museum in Honolulu. And it was an indoor mural, but it was like my most detailed one. It was all monochromatic. And it was this sort of my first shot at like world building and building an environment rather than just having a character in, in static space. And it like, I, I, I just had this vision of Burning Man like eight years ago <laughs> where I saw this like old decrepit, like cool psychedelic witch type sage woman in a corner of a like a like a vendor stall with all these bottles full of, of salves and teeth and eyeballs and stuff. And and, I, and it was like you're in a video game and that's the person who has like a clue to get to the next thing that you want to find. 
And I spent all this time during the pandemic drawing this and like drawing every little jar and everything. And then um, I decided to turn it into a mural. And it was one of the first times where I was like, I don't know if I can pull this off. It's too crazy. Um, and then I had two, two, two Chinese friends actually come assist me. And so painting that together was something that felt really good. And it, I think it, it spurred me on to my next like adventure, adventure, I suppose, which is like literally building a world or like writing a movie or like creating a narrative for my work. Which is what you went to school wanting to do. Yeah, right? exactly. Did you ever get to do that yet? So 10 years later, you know, like I taught graphic novel courses in college and stuff. And that was my initial thing. And then street art caught me because I wanted to travel and everything. And I'm so glad because if I tried to write a book when I was 22, I had nothing to talk about. I didn't right, know anything. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now I have 10 years of traveling the world and everything. And so now I'm actually, I'm literally trying to do that right now. Like write, cool. you know, write like a miyazaki S type film that ties all my stuff together. So it's really scary. I want to watch it now. I know, right? Me too. It's not done. Are you going to try to do it into a graphic novel first? I, if I had time. I bet that would do well. That was always my plan. Literally my whole life that had been my plan, but it just takes so long to make so a graphic long. novel. Yeah. Like, I mean, each panel is oh, a different yeah. piece of artwork. Yeah. yeah. And there's like thousands of panels. Yeah, yeah hundreds I, not thousands. I constantly think about doing that. I just have to, you know, like I would need a long period of time when nothing cool was happening in the world. Oh, so <laughs> never, never. never. That's, hard. That's gonna be harder to come I by know. than anything else. But I want to, life is long. But I, yeah, it's kind of, I'm kind of doing it backwards now, but yeah. I really, yeah. But I'm painting a mural in, I'm leaving in like two days, but I'm going back home to Denver to paint a mural that I'm really excited about. Um, what is it going to be and where? It's in Rhino, which is like the central like arts district, but I want to, don't tell her, but I want to do something for my mom. But also, because she brought us up there. And in like, Denver? Yeah. Aww. But I also am incorporating like all my family members as their Chinese Zodiac characters because I wanted to look at it and be like, that's my, we're all together. Um, so but also as an homage to like the Chinese American history in Denver. Like there literally was a massacre that happened in Denver. Where if you look at the etchings of it, it's people, it's like people chasing people who have my hair cut. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I've, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, in Denver. And so yeah. I want it to also just be represent, you know, I always like, let's do history and family history and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that one should be really fun. I'm excited. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Have you ever painted your mom before? I haven't. And that's why it's, I feel like my family's always like, <laughs> you <know>? uh. <laughs> It's so funny. I used to make them paintings for Christmas and stuff. They're always like, thanks. <laughs> oh. This is worth something someday. <laughs> You're welcome. You sell it on eBay. I don't care. No, but, but doing that with your family has got to be a very different experience, right? Versus like making up a mythical creature or even just interpretations of other people. But your family, that's intimate. And yeah. also they have access to you and they can tell you what they think, which is different. That's always a different experience. Is it going to be like a of your mother or just like the interpretation of your mother or like do you have I do you know I mean, I'm you must still work I'm still working on it okay. um I told her I want to take photos of her to have like a semblance of her of what she looks like but I also want it to be one of my characters so it has like all these cool accessories and like magical stuff floating around so it's oh, not yeah, like yeah. I don't like painting reality but I yeah. want it to evoke her her spirit her yeah. essence yeah. yeah and I don't want her to feel like weird about it so like, like her face plastered on yeah, the exactly. wall yeah exactly I don't want people painting murals with me like you yeah. know like I don't I get that but I want it to be like for her yeah oh that is so <laughs> lovely well it's funny you say you don't yeah. like painting stuff that like is realism which I get because like your stuff is so embedded in fantasy but it's so realistic yeah like, if it was real you yeah. know what I mean and I think that's why it's also so captivating you're like 
Why isn't that reality? <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> I, mean, I want to ride. I want to ride on a dragon. Yeah. Right? So bad. I wish my skin was green. Right? <laughs> yeah. I know. I know, right? <laughs> Thank you. I always think like I look at my style and how it's evolved, and sometimes I'm like, am I really starting this weird like uncanny valley thing a little bit too hard? Where it's like. It got everything got really rendered really fast because I picked up spray paint in a way that I never planned. Ah. So now it's all like very realistic. What was really, your medium before that? Just oil or just drawing and literally like watercolors or whatever. Uh -huh. And when I started spray painting, I had no clue how to use color. So I kind of learned it all at once and I painted so many really bad murals, like really embarrassing. That's crazy. I when did you murals. pick up a spray paint? Like 10 years ago? 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Ten years ago, I sucked. <laughs> Doesn't your hand hurt? I know this is like not like probably the least important thing, but like I feel like my hand would just it cramp does. so bad. In the bad. beginning, you're like my finger. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go to out you, my finger. But for real though, yeah. you try doing this for no, hours on session. Yeah. It hurts. I was like, I've watched. You know, my, I have a friend who does murals, and I've watched him do it, and I'm like, dude, like even just like the pressure of holding the can. Yeah, I could never do and it. And like hours later, when your fingers numb and then you have to like change the pressure to make sure it's not too heavy so yeah. it's light and you're like my finger's numb it doesn't look as easy Fine. i mean it, it looks yeah. a lot easier than i'm i know it to and it's be. not even just the finger it's like your back every, yeah. everything hurts yeah everything hurts you know sometimes just filming like murals that. i'm like i'm just standing here still for eight hours and i'm in so much pain i'm in so much pain so my friend yeah. jonas he does murals um all over la too and the way that I've seen him like grid things out, and I'm like, I can't even, because the idea to me of painting something so up close and then having to like zoom out to see it from like, you know what I mean? Like I can't, like it blows my mind <laughs> how you can be so up close and intimate with it for something that is so vastly huge. How do you even, like what is the, process i wouldn't even know where i left off i'd be like was i on this eyeball which well, eyeball what was a that a lot of artists use grids i'm pretty sure lauren doesn't you don't yeah, no lauren never doesn't. lauren freestyles so like a lot of people will use grids where they'll That's either like make amazing. a grid and then they'll like put it on their yeah. ipad and then they'll like be able to be like okay cool at least like the Just eyes have to be here yeah, yeah yeah do yeah. that or they do these like doodle grids where like you put these like doodles all over Markers. the wall and then you take a photo you overlay your pick your photo on top of it and then you're like okay cool the eye has to go here it has to go this big like whatever but not you Or doesn't do any of that <laughs> not you they just go up you to don't. a wall and they're just like okay and then you're like what's happening my <laughs> brain could never yeah. wait yeah. so you just like just like drawing and you just go yeah just like drawing that is and yeah, never once have incredible. ever come across lauren's one i was like oh yeah uh proportions are a little well off. no because they fix it really fast <laughs> Maybe. I mess up, but I just fix it really fast yeah. before you can notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop That's filming, secret. <laughs> yeah. Wow, dude, because that 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 blows my mind. Like the I like I said, like if I'm drawing something or writing something, and then I like zoom out, even just like yeah, if I'm writing, like oh, if I wrote I'm writing like on this. paper with no lines, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> am I okay? Like this starts small, it like, gets like really big, and then all of a sudden it's a 45 degree yeah. angle. I'm like, imagine if this was a huge <laughs> ass wall. I, it was ridiculous. I can't even do that. It's like we look at Lauren's paper and, and the writing's like all crazy and you're like, huh. <laughs> we do that. Was your, was your, what was your first mural painting like? What was the experience like? Um, it it was actually in Colorado. Um, so so what happened, my mentor is Nichos. Yeah. Um, which is why I paint the way I paint, because he's like a total purist who was like, don't yep. use projectors, da da. da. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay. <laughs> Another <laughs> mind that I'm like, what goes on in your head? 
Yeah. Just complete psychopath. <laughs> yeah. In a great way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, love him. Um, but yeah, I, I went to Austria um, and like painted trains and stuff with him for a minute and just like watched him a lot and how he worked. And so in my head, I was like, I can do that. And so I just went, I just faked it. <laughs> I went to Colorado. I was like, someone give me a wall. <laughs> like, brought me some paint and then I just pretended like I knew what I was doing. Like I painted like I was acting like I was him or whatever. Oh I'm sure God. I looked like a complete idiot. <laughs> But that's what I did for like years. And you, you just faked it until you made yeah. it? Yeah. That's cr- Yeah. It, on a actually, wall. Yeah. Like, yeah. On a public wall. That's I mean, the one thing. work was terrible. Like, <laughs> my first mural was awful. I bet it wasn't. I bet yeah, it wasn't. I bet it wasn't. I guarantee you it wasn't. I refuse to show it to anyone. I'll show you the wedding dress thing, but I will not <laughs> show you that mural. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the debutante ball gown? Yeah. I was like, do um, I bring that up? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I think that's the most important thing that I've learned today. And I'll tell you why. Because that like juxtaposition position for me balance juxtaposition contrast those things are all so interesting to me and in case you don't know lauren was kind enough to show us a picture of them i don't think we're going to be able to show you because i don't, I think, don't they're think they're going to send us it. but come find me if you want to see it. <laughs> i'll show you in person of them in a debutante satin pickup ball gown dress and then contrast that with what we see today. And it, oh yeah, tiara everything, bouquet, tiara. the whole thing. But then to juxtapose that to who we see today, I think is a really, I think that's amazing. I love seeing Origin that. Story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had to go through this to be like, fuck you too this. Right. can recover from being a debutante. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you wanna write a graphic novel. I mean, that'd be so interesting. My journey as a deb. Oh my God. That would actually be. Necessary, I, I feel like. the deep programming of a debutante. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I was into it then. Like I was weird back then. I had like a giant fish pillow that t- I took around all the time and was always barefoot and like w- cut like weird like anime stuff into my hair. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Like I was a weirdo always. Do you just, think your mom? Did you ask to do the debutante stuff? So your mom kind of forced you into it. Yeah, for lack of a like, better term. My mom is amazing. She's a single mother. I think we had the fortunate like place like in life to be able to try a million different things. And so like I played ice hockey. I you know, I played field hockey. I like did running. I did playwriting. I did uh, like a bunch of super weird different things. And I think my mom really wanted us all to have a shot at whatever we wanted to do. That's great. But that also included like really weird like old school shit mm-hmm. like being a dad. You like this? No? Yeah. Okay, okay. What about this? Yeah, totally. Hate it. <laughs> yeah. You know, as a single mom raising a bunch of kids and like uh, giving us the opportunity to do that, I'm yeah. so grateful. And like, I don't resent anything about that. Yeah. You know, um, it's just, yeah, I think just where we were in Denver at the time, like that was the thing kids did. I don't know if they do it anymore. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody asked recently if my older daughter wanted to join the, the charity league yeah. and then do the, the Deb thing. And I was like, yeah, I don't know how comfortable I am presenting my 15 year old daughter to the world as, I don't know. And it's not the a world. Commodity it's a commodity that's of just old like, men. Right? To, yeah. She's ripe and ready. I was right? just like, oh, it feels icky. I don't want to do that. And they're like, well, she also learns table manners. I'm like, well, whose table manners is she learning? Because in our table manners, she just needs a pair of chopsticks and a spoon. Right? So Slurp. fuck all your <laughs> yeah. forks. You're not slurping, it's not good. Right. And that, yeah. I was, that's what I said. They were like, um, you know, she'll learn proper table manners and etiquette. And I was like, see, you're taking a book out of a page out of your book. Like, what do you think I'm going to do with my life? Right. Like, yeah. Right. Also, like, what etiquette are you afraid that she's not going to learn just being a good, like a normal person? Yeah. Like, what is it? Like the, the napkin on her lap? I taught her that. 
Which fork should she use? The one that gets the food to her fucking mouth. Like, I don't want one fork. (laughs) Yeah, right. She's going to use chopsticks. Don't worry. She's good. She's fine. She only travels with chopsticks, you know? So. Knives can be used as, I mean, forks can be used as knives. So like, whatever. Right. And, so and, true. You know? like, and that's, yeah. So that was a whole another thing too, was just like the Western ideals of that. I was like, I don't want to instill that into my daughter. So don't subscribe also, oh God. And they tried to tell me that, but she'll learn these very important dances. I'm like, Okay, okay. Um, I promise you, she will not need to foxtrot. If Bro. I try to get my 12 year old daughter to foxtrot, she would give me the finger so fucking <laughs> Oh my she god! Like, no chance. Yeah, we had to do all that stuff. <laughs> Doing like the waltzes where you're like you're not allowed to touch hands and they're just like hovering over each other. It's like what so is that? Crazy. What is really that? Interesting. Like, anyway, um, <laughs> save that for so you think you can dance <laughs> or you know? don't or don't, don't do it ever. Yeah, at all. I now. If um, I tried. <laughs> so I guess uh, you know as we kind of wind down the program, what what is your overarching message as just like a human and an artist? Like if if you were to leave the world tomorrow. What would you want people to remember you for? Jeez. It's a deep one. It's a deep one. And I know, I know, but I know they can handle this question. I know enough now. I think so much of it is about constantly being in process. And and the fact that selfhood itself is a process and it's a destination in itself. Like, I think there's so much stress to become who you are, to choose your identity or something. And even though I've, I've seemed like a very like self-possessed, like I've arrived at my myself person, I'm still trying to fucking figure it out. And every time I think I do, I'm like, everything's blown apart. And I'm like, I gotta start over. And the discomfort of that and getting used to that is something that I think will pe- allow people to enjoy their lives more. Um, and to forgive yourself for things and to be proud of who you are and where you come from and to, to like really love you are becoming at all times and then don't be afraid to throw things away and start over um i think part of being like mixed is like or like all these liminal identities means like you're not confused it's just that you're you're a type of human that is like becoming more and more themselves these days um it's a destination in itself and like i think we get to define it um being lost isn't the same as being in progress Mm -hmm. um that saying, not all who wander are lost. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> Don't even get me started. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Such See, I told you they could handle a question. That's a perfect answer. That's See, perfect answer. I knew it. I had no hesitation asking that question. Well, I we want to thank you so much for being here. I I cannot tell you, like, I am so inspired by you. Oh, I really, I value your time so much. And the fact that you've spent even any amount of time with us dorks is really no. <laughs> I feel so honored. I'm literally alone in a room drawing. Uh, <laughs> just like so excited. You're like, talk to me. I, I can talk. <laughs> I like talk too. Yeah. Yeah. I went to your studio that one time to pick up that one piece for the group show and I was just like Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, you were working on that like big I think you had a show coming up in Hawaii and you had that huge moving piece. Remember oh, that yeah. one spinning piece? Totally. You were like working on it and I was like what is that? <laughs> My what understanding is, that? is that you live in some kind of commune type Yeah, like space. a magical warehouse space. Did I show you the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah, it's like. You're like, this wall isn't a wall. And I was like, what's happening? And I was like, what is It's happening? just your mind. <laughs> <laughs> but it just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I've been living in communes for the last 10 years, 10, 15 years um, in like various levels of disarray. But um, I love living with a lot of artists and communities and stuff. But this one's really great because everyone is really like really serious and very committed to their art. So it's less like people doing drugs than, right. you know, whatever. But it is still really, it looks like Disneyland, but weird and artsy. And like, it's, I live in like an adult tree house. Yeah. <laughs> it, I would have explained it as Susie was, I was like, you know, when you go to like Vegas sometimes and like they have those like, you're in Italy, but it's like all indoors. Exactly. It's like that. Exactly. You're like walking, you're like, well, I feel like ceiling, I'm outside inside. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like, yeah, okay. It was magical. I have to see it. I, I was like, I, I don't think I could live here, but I was like, <laughs> this is magical. Well, I, when like, I think of commune, I think of like a plot of land out in the middle of nowhere and somebody like proselytizing that he is like the Messiah or like whatever. Yeah. I don't think of like art commune. Like that's not where my mind Some was. Some of them so was, were like, like <laughs> yeah, right? like, I have, I have lived at those yeah. too. Uh, not my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when he explained what it was, I was like, that no, sounds- this, this one was like a whole warehouse that was just like art stuff everywhere. There was like metal art stuff, like yeah. welding stuff. Like there was so much. Wow, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, it's really cool. What do you have, and do you have anything coming yeah, up? Yeah, that's what that I wanted to want to close with. Yeah, um, so I'm painting in Denver and then I'm painting in South Africa a little bit after that. Oh. I'm really excited. Um, what are you painting in South Africa? I don't know yet, it's still coming together, but okay. I've never that's I've never been to Africa. Yeah. So yeah. It's for Pangea Seed. Um, so it'll be something ocean related, which is really awesome. Oh. Yeah, I'm stoked. And then I'm doing Basel in Miami. And I'm in between, I'm working on this film thing. And then uh, I have a show with my partner, Mo, who I spoke about before next April in Philly. So I'm, I took like a hiatus cool. of, from painting paintings for like a year and I'm Is Mo back from to Philly? It. Mo is from Vancouver. Uh, we just picked this gallery. For, I let him pick the gallery, so. Uh, but I've never been to Philly. And I have the, I heard they have a great like public arts initiative, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I lived in Philly for a while. That, Word. Yeah, it's nice. It's at Arch Enemy Arts. Oh, yes. I know of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. You are busy. And you just painted, oh, a, just painted a, finished a Meow Wolf too, right? That crazy installation. Yeah, I have my own room at Meow Wolf Santa yeah. Fe, which I, fin I finished last, I did it around this time last year-ish. Okay. Um, so that's that'll be there for at least, I think, five years. Five years, okay. So yeah. go check that out if you guys are in Santa Fe. Yeah, please. It almost killed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. What happened? Oh, oh, you I, just mean like it was so much work it almost killed you? Yeah, and or it happened like- Something literal. Right, I was the first thing I had to do right after like a really huge like personal thing in my life. And so it actually saved my butt, but also almost killed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I, <laughs> I have but a lot yeah, of those it's in like, my life. It's a big room it looks like, and it's like a hall of queer ancestry. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. That's like, that's a really good way to describe it. Oh, <laughs> concise. Thanks. <laughs> Words good. I don't usually hear that, but thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, tons of symbolism. Like, there's an altar to Tuosha and the like queer god, and like the phases of your ancestors, and then a big rotating sculpture, and like lights and Black sounds lights and holograms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it looks so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. You know, I'm always so intimidated by people who are artsy and know all of. I I, I just get intimidated because I just I feel like it's just so outside of what I know. But you have been so. Un incredibly delightful. You're such a sweet person and you're so, <laughs> I don't know, cool and smart and you can do all these cool so things. And I'm like, this, this I'm a nerd dude. I know, <laughs> but that's even, that makes it better. <laughs> but like so makes sweet. it even better.
better. I just, I, I'm in awe of you. I'm like so enamored by you. I really am. You're so sweet. Nah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no. Warren really, really does a lot for the art community. Yeah, Even like really. uh, Julia Kimchi Juice is like yeah. a good friend of mine. And I love her. I remember the last time she was here, we were like geeking out. She was like, yeah, I'm going to go to dinner with Lauren. I was like, you lucky bitch. <laughs> you lucky <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Well, if you ever want to escape your one bedroom, yeah. you know, painting, I would love to go have dinner and hang yeah, out. Yeah, I, I do. Have you ever met Peter before? Peter Lai? I talk about it all the time. My my like no, elder. I know who you talked. Yeah. you talking about because I've seen him in their posts, but I've never met him. No. Okay, I should like I always like to try to organize big like eight Asian kid yeah. lunches. Please, but you I should would meet love him. That. Okay, because yeah. we have this fantasy where we have this huge party with all of our Asian like content creators, artist friends, like you, you know, po politician, like everybody, just like a big. That Asian yeah. party where we I all think just we're like, all the I think it'd be room. so incredible. I don't think all I think all three of us like didn't really find our Asianness or like feel comfortable in it until like maybe the last like five, five years yeah. or so. Totally. So yeah, like so I'm we're all embracing for the shit out of that. <laughs> Dude, we like if we should plan it together. Yes. Like I'm yeah. totally I need more stuff like that. I fell off yeah. with it. That and we can all wear outfits. Awesome. Dope Asian yeah. food. <laughs> Yeah, we can all wear debutante ball gowns. <laughs> oh <my> God, yes. <laughs> That'd be so fun, but I, I would really love that. Yeah, I think I that'd yeah be let's do it. Yeah, I mean, while in between it. all of your whirlwind travels and things yeah. like that, but I would really love that. Yeah, yeah. It's a great idea. Okay. Yeah, stay yeah. tuned. Yeah, really. Yeah. We thank you so, so much for being here. Really, yeah. truly. Thank you, Lauren, for yeah. you know being so open and sharing your insight and, and your experiences. So, Where can they find Lauren? Oh yeah, tell us about your social medias. Oh God, don't make me do it. You have to okay. do it. Okay. I can do it. it <laughs> My really intelligent handle on Instagram is squidlicker, S-Q-U-I-D dot L-I-C-K-E-R. Don't make me <laughs> explain it. <laughs> I can't. It's okay. Um, that Pretty much that's where I'm at, but you can email me at lauren at laurenys.com if you want to give me money for art. Um, give her money. Give me yeah. money. Who, what better cause is there than art? <laughs> Queer Asian yeah. art. We support it and so should you. But Thank definitely you. follow Lauren. Um, trust me when I say that like it'll help make you feel like powerful in your life just randomly because you're like true. not expecting it. And you're like, Oh yes, yeah. Uh -huh. That means a lot That's to yes. me. Please make sure you follow them. Otherwise, you can find Sujia at Sujia One on TikTok and Instagram, and I'm at Etch a Sketch with the J on everything. You can find the podcast at What in the Shiba. That's S H I B A L. And feel free to email us with anything. That's What in the Shiba at gmail.com. Uh, also, uh, Susie and I, we did set up a Patreon for What in the Shiba. It is linked in our bio um, in the descriptions as well. So if you do want to become a producer of the show, just make sure you check that out. Otherwise, make sure you watch us on YouTube. Uh, please like, subscribe, and ring the bell. Ding-a-ling. <laughs> Not the ding -a It's the ding-a-ling. There's going to there's gonna ding-a-ling in every episode now from forever, from now and forever. <laughs> Otherwise, thank you for watching, and we'll see you on the next one. Okay, okay bye! bye. Yay, cute! <laughs>